Doxa Church exists to equip people to live for Jesus in the everyday stuff of life. For more information, go to doxa-church.com. Well, good morning. How are you all doing? Good, good. Uh, I'm excited to uh, open the word together, but especially to share from the word where I believe God wants us to go this year. Uh, Why don't you pray with me as we ask God to speak to our hearts. Father, we come to you and are grateful that we can approach you with absolute confidence that you love us, as shown by you giving your own son for us, that Jesus, you presently are interceding on our behalf before God the Father so that we might come and ask for help, that we can come and receive a reminder that you love us, that you can help us, you can care for us. We pray that by the Spirit's help you might speak to us today, that the Spirit would convict our hearts of unbelief, that you would convict our hearts of the sufficiency of Christ, that you would convict our hearts of the power of your word, and that you would convict our hearts that we need you, that you would lead us to yourself this morning in new ways. So help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week I shared that we have a lot to be thankful for. If you were with us, um, it was a good time to be together just to look back at 2016 and celebrate two years. It's been two years as a church. So that's pretty good, yeah? So um, we're thankful for that. And um, we look back and remember that the first year was a, a year of healing and really uh, some rebuilding. And the last year was a little bit more stabilizing and clarifying who we are as a church and how to move forward in that, calling people to commit to be members of it, who gather, go, give, grow. I'll come back to that in a bit. And uh, we believe that this year is a year of strengthening and growing, strengthening in that we believe uh, it's time to really pour into you more and more, equip you, develop you, help you become stronger in your faith and stronger in the work God's called you to do. But as a result, we also believe it's going to lead to growth, both for you personally, but also for our church as we reach out more and more to the community we live in. Uh, We believe as a church that God has called us to the vision of gospel saturation, uh, we, we are convinced of that, um, and not just to the east side, but all the greater Puget Sound area. We, we join with the prophets in envisioning a day, in particular like Habakkuk 2.14 says, where the knowledge, where the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Uh, we actually called ourselves doxa because we wanted, that's the Greek word, by the way, for glory. Uh, we wanted to be a church that's committed to seeing the glory of God specifically in the person and work of Jesus Christ, uh, spread throughout the region through God's people, his church. And we want to be the means by which that will happen. In fact, that is the means by which God says his glory will spread. It's through God's people. Paul says in Colossians 1.27, Christ in you is the hope of glory. That the means by which God's going to help the world, ensure the world has an opportunity to see what God's like and to hear what he's done in Jesus is through you and me, the church. Paul says it another way when he describes the very nature of Jesus and his body, the church, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22, uh, Paul says, And he, meaning God, put all things under his feet, Jesus, and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. I love the number of times all shows up in that text. He put all things under Christ. 
He gave Christ as head over all things to the church, which is his body in which he fills all in all. The idea is that Jesus has authority over absolutely everything. He came and lived the, the perfect human life on our behalf, submitted fully to God in absolutely every thought, action, and word. He then went to the cross in our place, died for our sins, rose again on the third day, leaving death, defeated in the grave, rose again to be the victor over Satan's sin and death for you and me. And he was raised to the highest place so that the name of Jesus, every name will, every, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's the head of the church, Jesus. And the reason why God has given the one who has authority over all things to the church is because God intends to have the church fill everything with the presence of Jesus. That's the point. That's why we're here. We're not here to have Sunday be the only moment in which Jesus is glorified. We are here so that we can be equipped to go out into the world with the presence of Jesus, fill us so that every place gets to experience the glory of God. The way we often say it is that we envision a day where every man, woman, and child will have a daily encounter with Jesus in word and deed. That there'll be a day when every person in the Puget Sound can't get away from the presence of Christ. That's our hope. Now, we know not everyone's going to believe, but we want everyone to have the opportunity to. We want everyone to have the opportunity to see what God is like through us, his people, to hear what God has done through Jesus as we proclaim Jesus to them. That's our desire. That's our hope. That's what we believe God has called us to. But it's not what we believe God has only called Doxa Church to. We believe it's what he's called the Big C Church to. It's what we believe he's called every Christian to. We believe in order for this vision to take place, it's gonna take every church that loves Jesus and proclaims his word to be committed to gospel saturation in the greater Puget Sound. And that's what we're giving ourselves to. So if you're going, to, is this a church I want to be a part of? Some of you may be visiting for the first time or you're actually considering, is this where you're going to stay? Let me tell you, even if you don't stay here, I hope you find a church that's committed to the exact same thing because together we believe that's why God has saved us. He's not saved us so we'll sit in the Christian cul-de-sac and wait to go to heaven when we die, but rather to be the people of the kingdom of God who bring heaven to earth in all the ways we possibly can. Amen? So that's where we're going. And we're going to do our best to train you and equip you and help you be a part of that. In fact, not only are we going to do it, but we're going to do it in partnership with other churches. I'm excited to tell you that during our Voices series this summer, last year we had some incredible communicators come in and bless us richly with the Word of God. Uh, It was a blessing for me to sit and learn and just soak and have someone else speak to my heart. But this year, we're going to try and make sure we find people that are from the region so that we can learn to listen to other church leaders here and affirm that we believe in one church by submitting ourselves to others who are going to teach us. So I'm pretty excited about that. That's going to be really good. Yeah, you can clap about everything you like today. It's good. Okay? All right? In fact, um, what's really encouraging is I've had several, uh, I just met with Matthias this last week. Some of you know who Matthias is. He leads Cross and Crown Church in the, in the UW, one of the elders there, great guy. I've gotten together with him a few times now. He comes here, I go there. We just try to keep building relationship. And he said, as I laid out the gospel saturation vision, he said, Jeff, count us in and we want to be a part of this. And he said, I would love to have you come and preach to our church and, and call them to this. And I said, well, we want to we do that back and forth. We want to share our, our responsibility for the overall church together as brothers in this work. And so I'm really encouraged because he's one of many who have said the same thing to me. And I think God is doing something. 
I really do. I believe, I was talking to someone after the first gathering, and I said, I just feel like there's this, a sense of expectation, like God's on the move, and he's going to, he is doing great things, and he's been preparing us, but I think there's more to come, and uh, this woman, as I spoke to her, she said, it's almost like we're pregnant. I said, well, I don't know what that's like, but I know what it's like when my wife was pregnant, and there's that expectation, you know, and it's like you're counting down the weeks, and you get closer, and you're like, oh, my goodness, it's, it could come, you know, this, uh, this baby could come any moment, and, and I feel a bit like we're expecting that God's going to do some great work amongst us this year, and I want to share some of the things that I sense he may be calling us uniquely to. In fact, I want to say this, uh, Doc's the church family. This is not just everybody else's thing. This is also our thing. We, we've got to take responsibility for this. I, I want to say this. This year, I'm convinced, is not the year to watch others do it. It's the year to step in and take responsibility if you haven't yet. To, 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 to say, I'm in. I want a part of this. I want, to, I want to give my life to this. I remember early on when I planted Soma in Tacoma, when we were just, you know, 30, 40 of us, and people would show up at meetings and say, you know, one thing I don't like about Soma is, and I'd say, stop, are you Soma? And they'd say, yes. And I said, could you change your language and say, one thing I don't like about us is... And therefore, I will do something about that. And Doxa, what I want to call you to is to not be attenders, but to be owners. To not be renters of this church, but the owners of this church. In fact, the way I titled the message today was uh, Our Mission, little O, capital O, little U, little R. Our Church, capital O, capital U, capital R. Our church. In other words, the mission for us this year is to say, we're going to own the responsibility of being the church. And many of you already have. I'm so thankful for that. But there's some of you who have been sitting on the edge a little bit or watching from afar and checking it out. And I want to call you in this year. I want to call you into being an owner. I actually have some rental homes. Um, and I also rent a home right now in, in Redmond. I, you know, at some point we may buy here. We're still trying to sell the homes we had in Tacoma so we can afford to buy here. We'll have to sell probably at least 10 homes to buy here. But we'll get there eventually. Um, I don't own 10 homes, just to be clear. Um, but I will tell you, there's a difference between being a renter and an owner. Most of my renters leave my house in worse condition after they've been there, not in better condition. Most owners improve their property while they live in it so that it gets better every year. Be an owner, not a renter. And I'm gonna, I want to call us to that, not just here as Doxa, but let's be an owner of our neighborhoods. Let, let, let's say we've been there long enough, it got better because we were there. Be an owner of the business you work in. Make it better. Be an owner of the city you dwell in. Make it better. We are not here to suck the life out of the things that we've been given. We're here to pour life into the things that God puts us in. The, the point of God's people is everywhere they go, they bring redemption, restoration. They make the world better wherever they go because we have the living, resurrected king of the world who has authority over all things. Let's live like we believe that. Amen? We have a great opportunity. Last week when I read from six, Isaiah 61, some of you were there when I spoke it from this stage in November of 2014 and said, I think Janie and I are called to restart a church out of what was Mars Hill Bellevue and Mars Hill Sammamish. And I, I read Isaiah 61 and as I read it, I, I just want you to hear these words again that, that out, of, out of this brokenness, out of the pain, out of the, the things that were hard around here, God promises to comfort those who mourn he says. He promised to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, 
the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they might be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. They'll build up the ancient ruins and raise up former devastations, repair ruined cities, the devastation of many generations. Do you see what he's saying? He's saying God's people, when they come to Jesus, have the power to see things that are broken, repaired, the things that are devastated, rebuilt, the things that are full of mourning, experience rejoicing. That's who we are. We walk in with the the power of the God who restores. And we say, God, help us to be owners wherever you put us. Help us to make things more beautiful, more, more like you when we're done. That's who we are. And this week I want to read verse 6, just half of the verse of Isaiah 61. And he says this, You shall be called the priest of the Lord. They shall speak of you as the ministers of our God. I, I, want, I want you to hear this, Doc. So you and I that have come to faith in Jesus Christ have become the ministers of God. How many in the room would go, man, I was called into the ministry? You were if you we came to Jesus. You're a minister of God. You're like, no, no, Jeff, you're the minister. No, I'm a quipper of the ministers. I'm not the minister. Some of you maybe grew up and you called your pastor or your leader of your church a minister. You probably should have turned that around and said, no, I'm the minister. You're supposed to equip me for the work of minister wherever God sends me. That's what it's speaking of. You might go, well, well now that he's speaking to God's chosen people, Israel. Yeah, but listen to 1 Peter because 1 Peter wants to make sure we understand that whoever's come to Christ has become a part of that promise. They've become a part of that people. The ministers of God, the priests of God. You go, I don't know, I'm not called to be a priest. That's kind of a weird word. But the word priest literally means to be a go-between, between God and man. To be someone who represents what God is like to others and brings people to God through Jesus Christ. And in a sense, we are the ones who are saying, God, send us in the middle of a brokenness. Send us in the place where people don't know you or haven't experienced you. We want to be the priest of God, and that's who the church is. Listen to what 1 Peter 2 says in verse 4. As you come to him, referring to Jesus, a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. If you've come to him, if you've come to Jesus, if by faith you believe that Jesus lived the life you should have, died the death you deserve, rose again to give power to your life, to help you live a new life, if you've come to him, you are a living stone that's being built into a spiritual house. As you come to him, he is building you up to be for the world, the temple of the living God, a place in which God dwells, a place in which God is being worshipped on a daily basis in your very body, a place in which the work of God gets expressed through your hands, through your lips, through your activities, through what you do at your workplace, through the way you love your neighbors, through the way you interact with your, your friends and your family, in the way that you engage your fellow classmates or doormates. You are a priest of the living God. You are a place for him to dwell. You are the means through which he does his work. Do you believe that? I mean, if you do, you'll you'll get up tomorrow and you'll go, the church is going to work. 
The church is going to play. The church is going to learn. The church is going to live in my neighborhood, to my neighbors. You're the church. And I know that you guys hear me say that all the time, that we don't go to church, but we are the church. But I want to ask you, do you believe it? If you do, you won't be able to do anything the same anymore. You won't be able to look at what seems like normal everyday life and see it as just normal. You'll look at normal everyday life and you'll make it extraordinary. You'll, make it, you'll see that it could be supernatural. It could be filled with the presence of God and work could be done with the power of God and people could experience the real presence of God in your life as you live this way. So the question I want to ask you, if you're committed to being a part of DOXA, not just an attender, not a renter, but an owner, and by the way, it's okay if some of you are here going, I'm not so sure about this, I'm new, it's fine, stay as long as you'd like. We want to serve you, we want to love you, we want to introduce you to Jesus as many ways as we possibly can. We take your time. But those of you who are ready to say, no, this is my church, and for maybe some of you, this is the year you need to do that, then I want to ask you, how will you own it? What will you own in 2017. In fact, throughout my message, while, the, while I'm sharing the rest of the time, I want you to, to just, any time that I say something, you go, man, I need to own that. Or this is how the expression of my ownership of docs is going to show up this year. I want you to text it in, okay? So the, the, the number's on the screen. I want you to take out your phone. I, and I'm not kidding. Take out your phone. You're not doing it. Take out your phones, okay? Get your phone, because you're all going to do this, Okay? Isn't much as you want. I'm not going to force you, of course, because I can't make you push these buttons. But you were probably already watching a football game or doing something else on them. So uh, just use them for a little bit better than that for now. Uh, you can do both on the side if you have to, but uh, Seahawks already won, so relax, okay? Um, so what I want you to do is get the number in your, open up your text, whatever you use for texting, put the number in there, be ready. And anytime throughout the message I ask, what are you going to own or even if I don't even ask that, start to write out. I'm going to own this, or I'm going to own that. And you'll see that I'm going to give you several options that you can express, but you can come up with whatever the Spirit leads you to, to, to share, and it's going to be on the screen. So we're just going to do it all the way through the whole message. You'll get to see what we as a church are saying we're going to own together. You can't see the number? Okay, let's go back then. Uh, five, five, nine, seven, four, four. 3692. I'll say that again. 559 744 3692. Okay, let's go back to 1 Peter. As you come to him, a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. As you come to Jesus, what does Jesus do? He builds you up. You want to grow this year? Go to Jesus. You got things in your life that you wish were changed? Go to Jesus with those things. You got areas of your life that you wish could be addressed? Bring those areas to Jesus. As you come to him, you will be built up. It's one of the reasons why every single Sunday, you better hear us preach Jesus. In fact, if you don't hear us push you to Jesus, exalt Jesus, glorify Jesus, remind you of Jesus at the table, sing about Jesus through our songs, then you have full rights as owners to come and say, where did Jesus go? 
I want to tell you, I'm grieved as I hear oftentimes in this region, Jesus is not being proclaimed. And if Jesus is not being proclaimed, we don't have a thing. Because Jesus builds his church, Jesus transforms hearts, Jesus will secure us to the end. Jesus is our hope. He's the head of the church, he has authority over all things. Without him, we can do nothing. But as you come to him, you get changed. Maybe, maybe some of you, the way that you need to own being a part of this church this year is you need to own your faith. Maybe for the first time, you need to come to Jesus. Maybe you need to come to the one who can change your life. Maybe today is the day when you say, enough. I I'm going to stop trying harder to make up for the bad I've done. I'm just going to acknowledge that I have done wrong. I need a Savior Jesus died to forgive me of my sins. I want him to be the one who I trust in. I want to invite him into my life to have him not only bring that forgiveness to bear on my heart, but transform me so I can live a new life. Maybe today for some of you, that's how you own it, is you just need to come to Jesus for the first time. Maybe there's others of you in the room who you've already expressed faith in Christ privately, but you've never done it publicly through baptism Jesus commanded that we make disciples, baptizing them into the name of the Father, into the name of the Son, and into the name of the Holy Spirit. We'll be doing that again at Easter. Maybe this year is the year you need to publicly obey Jesus in getting baptized. And maybe there's others of you who you know of people who God is saying, I know I've got, to, I've got to reach out to them and I've got to invite them to meet Jesus this year. Maybe that's where you're at. And maybe for others of you, it just means being here. You know, there might be people who are watching this video who never ever show up in the room. And if you're watching this video, I want to say, show up, be here. In fact, if I could encourage you, I think you should be here every single week. I think we need to gather together with the body of Christ to be encouraged, be exhorted in the gospel, to sing songs together, to hear God speaking. Like, oh, I, I don't need that. I, I can just do it on a video. But here's what I'll tell you. The message I preached at 9 o'clock was a different, than the one, different than the one I'm preaching right now. Some of you go, oh, bummer, do we have to go to both? No. What, what I'm saying is the Spirit of God speaks to your hearts in the room. Something happens when we gather together and we open the Word, and I hopefully or Justin or others in the future submit to the Spirit of God as we proclaim the truths of the gospel. Something happens. Some of you even know what I'm talking about. You'll come to me later and you go, what were you doing? Were you reading my mail? How did you know? And I go, I didn't, but he did. And in the moment while I'm speaking, he, he, he gives me something. He tells me to say it in a different way or to address a different problem or issue that I didn't in the other gathering because someone in the room needed it. You need to be here. I'm not saying it's the gathering that does it. It's Jesus who does it. But he did promise that he would be with us in our midst when we exalt him. And that when we come together, there's something dynamic that happens that doesn't happen all by yourself. Please. One of our hopes, by the way, is that we'll see an average of 1,000 people gather every Sunday here. We've had 850 this last year, and you might go, Jeff, what are you making a big deal? Like Numbers, numbers, I don't want to hear it. Because it matters, because every person is, a, is represented in those numbers. Every human being that needs to hear about Jesus is important to us. And just so you know this, we probably already have 1,000 people that are part of DOCSA. They're just not here in the room. The average person in the Northwest gathers with the church about twice a month. And you might go, yeah, that's me. And I want to say, please, I think you need it more than that. 
The writer of Hebrews said, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as you see the days approaching. I guarantee you, a lot of you are having hard weeks and you need the reminder of Jesus every Sunday. Some of you are traveling and I get it and that's just how it works when you're traveling. But if you can be here, please, can I encourage you, don't miss out on being with the family. You might go, well, this isn't my church. Well, then do it somewhere, somewhere. Be with the body of Christ. And with that, we don't want to just see it be our people gathering, but we want to see people who don't know Jesus getting baptized. In fact, our desire is to see 75 people baptized this next year. We had 46 in, in 2016. We want to see 75. If you just add up the numbers of 850 to 1,000, that's 150 people. If 75 people got baptized, that'd be 75 people added, and hopefully they'd all bring a friend with them, and that would be 150. So wouldn't that be great? Let's, let's see that God do that. Because, and by the way, if you, if you came to faith this last year, you're a missionary of God. You're a priest of God. You're a minister of the gospel. You, you actually have the power of God to see someone else's life change through yours. Don't neglect what God can do through you. He wants to do mighty things through us. What part will you own in this? Maybe it's time to get baptized. Maybe it's time to reach out to somebody who needs Jesus this year. You know, when, when someone passes away, all of us reconsider the seriousness of the brevity of life. I was with someone in the first gathering, a close friend of hers committed suicide this last week. And I just thought, oh, God, help us to realize that could be any, any, any one of us could be gone like that. The Bible says you're but a, a mist, a vapor. That's what your life is like. Let's take seriously the, the, the lostness of our city and our neighborhoods. People need Jesus. And we, we start by, by going to Jesus. As you come to him, he builds you up to be a spiritual household. And you know how you come to Jesus? You come to him in prayer. Family, one of our hopes for this church is that we will be known as a praying church. We're getting there. We have a long way to go, though, to really be a praying church, a church that has extended times of prayer, a church that is known for its prayer life. And a lot of you have been praying for that to happen. Thank you. Keep praying. Uh, in fact, I want to encourage you, if you've got friends that don't know Jesus, pray for them to come to know Jesus. He's, he changes the hearts. In fact, let me add one more thing. Not only pray for them, invite your community to pray for them, your missional community, your DNA group. And then let us help you. We want to pray for them. Do you know that the call of elders in the church is specifically two things that we've got to devote ourselves to. That's the teaching of the word of God and to the prayers. And so uh, I want to just encourage you, if you've got someone, you're going, man, I, I want them to come to know Jesus. I'm going to start praying for them. Will you let the elder that's overseeing your region, let, let, just let them know who those people are so they can help you? They can pray? In fact, uh, let me just remind you who some of your elders are. There's me, huh? Let's back up, come on. I like looking at myself. No, that's not why, but uh, I'm the one who gives direction over this area. There's other people in this area, like Derek LaFontaine, who's also helping in this region with me, and uh, we're praying that more and more will be raised up. The next one was Donald, who gives uh, leadership to the, the North region as a contact, but uh, there's others that are serving him, so, serving in that area as well that we anticipate will become elders. We also have Justin Anderson, who's got all of Seattle we'll pray for Justin. 
uh, and Shoreline. Uh, Tim Patton is the East Region pastor who also has Dave Cox out there in the beautiful metropolis of Carnation uh, serving together in that area. And I think, uh, and then you got Jim Franks who's in Issaquah. Also, the Nathan Jelovich is out there as an elder in process, not yet uh, fully affirmed, but he's on his way. And then you've got Josh Riccardi in the South who also has, I know Josh Grimes helping a lot with them down there. Please, if you, if you want someone to come to know Jesus and you want people to pray, it's part of our job is to pray. In fact, I, I, I'll at least say for me, the people that, the area that I'm overseeing, if you want to start emailing me the names of the people that you want to come to see, come to see Jesus uh, in, in their own hearts and to come submit to him, I will start to commit myself to weekly praying for the names of the people that you want to see come to know Jesus. So that's at least my commitment. I, I trust the elder elders would probably say yes and amen as well because that's what we want. That's why we're here. And maybe for some of you, it's like, I want to grow in prayer. Well, we have people praying during our gatherings. If you don't know how to pray, come join us. We'll train you how to pray. Maybe you want to be here up front with people and praying with people afterwards. Let us know. Maybe that's something you need to own. I need to own being one who prays for others after the gathering. There could be a lot of areas you could own in the area of prayer. Some of you might be saying, we got to start having extended times of prayer here in this building, a couple hours, three hours, days, whatever. Please share that. This is your church. Own it. Help us grow in the things that are most important. And then second, not only should we be praying for our friends and those who don't know Jesus, but we need to serve them. Listen to what he says here. He says that we're to be a holy priesthood. We get to bring people to God in prayer. But we also offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So what does that mean? Paul says in Romans 12, 1, that the, the, the acceptable, acceptable spiritual sacrifice that we are to bring is ourselves. Paul says to be a living sacrifice is an acceptable offering. In other words, it's to say, here I am, Jesus. Have me. Work in me. Work through me. Oh, here are my gifts. Here are my abilities. I want to serve you, Jesus, by serving your body, the church. I want to serve you, Jesus, by serving my neighbors, by serving my fellow workers, by serving those in my class, by serving those who I uh, live with in the dorm. I, w- I want to be the means by which you touch lives. I want to offer myself up for your service. Maybe for some of you, as you think about what God's called you to do and you think about our commitment as members of DOXA that we're to gather regularly, go, on mission in a missional community, give of our times, talent, time, talent, and treasure, and grow in accountability to each other. And you think about that give piece, and you think, man, I've been given financially, but maybe God's calling me this time to give also of my gifts. Maybe some of you are saying, I don't even know what they are. Well, don't, don't wait. Press in to community. I was meeting with a couple last week after the service, and they said, man, we want to know our gifts, and we want to walk in the fullness of the way God made us. And he didn't just save us for ourselves. He saved us to serve. He saved us for others. But we're not sure what our gifts are. I said, why don't you invite the community that's around you to speak into you and say, what do they see? What do they experience? What helps build them up from you? And the interesting thing is, most people probably know your spiritual gifts if you'll invite them to share. Now, the crazy thing is, is you think you have gifts that you don't have, by the way. <laughs> number of times I've met with people like, yeah, I have a teaching gift. And I ask the people around, I'm like, no, they don't have that. Well, what do they have? Well, when they speak, it's almost like God convicts us. Oh, maybe it's like a prophetic kind of gift. Or you know what? When someone's really hurting, it seems like they're always the one who's asking, how can we care for them? Maybe they have mercy as their gift. 
Or, you know, we have someone in our group that every time things don't get organized well, they're always like, gosh, we got to plan better. Maybe they've got administration as their gift, and so on and so forth. But have you actually said, what is it and how can I serve with it? Maybe that's it for you this year. How are you going to take ownership of the mission through serving with the gifts that you have? And I want to be clear, as a church, we don't want to just serve ourselves. We want to serve our community. We want to serve our city. For instance, this building, please know, our desire is not just to see this building be used for us. I have really good news to report, by the way. Presently, the, the owners of the building have said they love us as tenants. They'd like us to stay as long as we possibly can. Uh, we're in the process of renegotiating what could be upwards to a five-year lease or so and with lots of better terms than we even had before. So encouraging. And I, I'm convinced we're supposed to be here We're supposed to be in the center of this city. I'm convinced that the gospel needs a witness in Bellevue, and we're one of those. I'm convinced of that. And we don't want to just exist for ourselves. We want to see these doors open as wide as possible for the community to start to use this. We were recently meeting with some of the city leaders who are helping to give some energies towards this grand connection. And some of you may not even heard of it, but there's going to be a kind of a a flow through the whole city that kind of is identified by all kinds of different landmarks and the ways that they, they build it up with shrubbery and you know, I can't tell you all about it, but you can look it up. Uh, but we're in like the center of the, the key movement of what they're trying to do. And so they met with us and said, you guys seriously want to work with us? We said, absolutely. And I shared with them, I said, we don't, well, just to be clear, I don't want, we don't want this building to be known as a church. We would like, because we're the church, right, family? Not the building. We want this building to be known as a place that exists for the good of the city, we want arts and music and creative expression to happen here. We want to we see lots of different people gathering here, like, like the, the, the Live Salted, but also like non-Christian groups that need to be a part of this to see that we want to bless them. And I'll tell you, as we shared, one of the things I said is I said, what we'd really love is if, if the city saw this as their building that also has a church meeting in it on Sunday. Wouldn't that be cool? Some of you are going like, I don't like that. Well, then get over yourself, Honestly. <laughs> Okay, because this isn't for us. It's for him, his glory. And when we live for the good of others, he gets glorified because that's what he's like. I didn't come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many, Jesus said. And now we in like matter serve our king by serving our city. I'm excited about this. I'm hoping there'll be a day when there are more people in this building than just Christians. In fact, there'll be more non-Christians in this building than Christians the majority of the time. And they'll get to see how we love our king by serving them. That's my hope. I love how Peter goes on to clarify that in the verses 9 through 12 in chapter 2. He says, you're a chosen race. What that means is you're God's family. We use that language of family around here. We are his family. You're a chosen race. You have, you have the DNA of your father, God. You're a chosen race. It's coursing through your veins. We just don't live like it always. A royal priesthood. You're ambassadors of the king, saying there's a way to come back into the kingdom. You're a holy nation, which means whatever we do, the least of these, we've done unto Jesus, our king. We serve people like he served us. We're a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, But now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, 
I urge you as sojourners and exiles, that's people who know that they're passing through, but they take, it, they, they take seriously the place they live. They're not renters. They care for it. To abstain from the passion of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Family, there's some of us who need to put to death the flesh in certain areas this year. There's areas of sin that you continue to entertain and it's destroying your soul and you have the power of the one who has authority over all things and you can submit to him in that area and say, Jesus, deliver me, set me free, change me. I want to live in a different way in that manner, in that place so that people could see you glorified in that brokenness. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable. That word Gentiles could also be anyone who doesn't believe (laughs) so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may not agree with us family. They may not believe what we believe. That's okay. That's not our job. That's God's job to change the heart, not ours. But if, if, if we live this way and we love this way and we serve this way, they'll see your good deeds and they will glorify God on the day of visitation. There will be a day when they will give God credit for the work he did through his church in this place. That's very real. That's not an idea. That will happen. I want to be a part of that. I want my neighbors and my friends and the city and the places where we dwell and celebrate and learn and live and play, I want those places to be able to give credit to God one day for the way that they saw God work in my life and work through my life. Don't you? Don't you? How will you own this? What will you own in this, family? You know, some of you took ownership this last year by giving very generously. We were able to kick off Saturate the Sound because of many of you giving above and beyond what you normally give, and I just want to thank God for you. That was a way that you said, I'm in, I'm an owner, I want to make this a part of what I can do, and some of you have been especially gifted in the area of giving, and that's been a huge blessing to our church, and I want to thank God for you. Uh, you may or may not know this, but this last year, we gave over 155000 to church planting. That's over and above what we already have done to, to end the year significantly in the black, by the way, and we'll, we'll hear more about that in a few weeks, but I'm so thankful for that generosity. That's God's heart. Amen. Let's thank him for that. And we want to we give away even more next year. We want to give, our hope is to give 232000 away to church planting. Um, maybe one of the things you're going to wrestle with is, okay, what am I going to own in that, God? What are you calling me to give? And, and let me ask you, have you ever just asked God how much he wants you to give versus you just decide on your own? Janie and I engaged in a practice of doing that every year, many years ago. We said, God, how much this year? Just tell us. And every time he would tell us, it was like, really? Oh, and we'd actually do it separately, and we'd come together, and it was the same number. And it was always more than we thought we could give, and then every year, God more than provided for our ability to give. He always is enabling us to be more generous like him if you want to, if you want to grow in that area. What is it for you? And you know what? Because we, we had that money given this year. We were able to bring Justin Anderson and Justin Hugis and Joan Neiman on the team to really not only help us support the work for Saturate the Sound, but leverage this facility more and more to see more and more events take place here. We had 11 events happen in the last six or seven months. Uh, We presently have nine already set up for this next year. One of them you heard about, the Live Salted, but there's many, many others. Just the first week of of the year, like I think it was January 1st and 2nd, we had this room filled with 400 young college students who want to plant churches near college towns. It was so cool to walk in here, and they were just, I mean, you think we're loud sometimes? They were really raucous and crazy. It was so fun to see a bunch of college students saying, yes, we want to give our lives for the sake of the gospel, and they got to use this facility. It'd be a place in which they could be encouraged and built up and sent out. 
We want to see this place filled with that kind of stuff a lot. But not only that, Justin Anderson, you may, know, may not know this, he's starting, is it this week, Justin, that we start the Saturate School? It'll be kind of a pilot version of what will become something that we're going to provide for churches in the region as well as ours, where we can train up you to take more leadership in the church. And Justin's an incredible teacher. You've probably seen that already. Uh, he is gonna, he's done a great job of putting together a plan for us to really train you to be more effective theologically and miss, missiologically in this region. Pay attention to that. Saturate the sound school. Saturate school is coming. And the elders have come to me and said, Jeff, you're like the subject matter expert on missional communities. You get asked all over the country to come speak on it, and that's an area where we probably need a lot of help right now. Would you give your best leadership energy to that in this next season? And I said, yes. So I'm coming to your home, just so you know, to visit. I want to I get in real close to what's actually happening in our missional communities. I want to give the best of my energies to equip and train and mentor those of you who are leading missional communities. We want to see more missional communities get started. We presently have 29 of them. We'd like to see 40 uh, by the end of next year. Some of you, maybe your ownership is, I need to lead a missional community next year. Or I need an apprentice to lead. Or I need to actually join one. Some of you are going, I don't even know what that is. Maybe your step is, I need to find out what Jeff's talking about. Uh, Maybe it's, we need to get our missional community actually on mission. There's a neighborhood that we need to reach out to or a school we need to serve. I met with a guy this last week who's helping to connect churches to schools that need mentors for kids without fathers in most cases. And I said, man, that could be a really good thing for some of our missional communities just to say that'll be the school we adopt. We'll, we'll provide some adults to mentor these kids. Um, and it's, I thought, man, God's just opening doors. For, if we want, now we could, just, like, we could just coast to our death and do nothing of significance. And I, I mean that, like you could, but I don't want you to. I remember the conversation I had with my dad after retirement, and he was spending most of his time on the lake fishing and down in Florida enjoying the great sun because they live in Michigan, and it's really cold in Michigan this time of year. And uh, I remember sitting with my mom and dad, and I said, you know what, you guys are so gifted, so experienced, so wise. Don't waste your retirement on you. Give yourself to something that's worthy. And I said, I'll call you in a month. I'm asking you to pray every day and ask God what that is. My dad had tears streaming down his face because he, I said, I know your pastor's not gonna call you to this because you're a good member and you give and, and that's just, you know, that he's kind of happy with it. Just, you're just a really faithful giver. And I said, but I'm telling you, you need to ask yourself what you're gonna do with the rest of your life, dad. And I know that you have more to give. Please don't waste it. And my mom started crying. I said, in a month, I'm calling you. And I called them and they said, we think right now we're supposed to come out to Tacoma a couple times a year and help with that football team that that missional community is working with. And so they started to do that. And so you've heard this story before. My dad got to lead a, uh, a couple high school boys to Christ through his time just on the side of a football field with a bunch of boys. And I looked at it and I go, man, I wish every retired man and woman would actually give their life to something that's going to last in eternity. Family, that's what I want for you. I don't want this so our church will get bigger. I want this because it'll be the most joy-filled life you could possibly have. That's how it works. When you give yourself to the work of God, there's no greater thing to give your life to. So what will you do? How will you own this? How will you own being God's family, being Jesus' servants, being missionaries sent by the Holy Spirit? Maybe for some of you it means I need to become a member. It's time for me to say I'm in. 
And I know our leadership is committed by Easter that everybody who wants to be a member gets through a membership process where we help you really commit to being a part of our church, really being an owner, and really taking seriously your own discipleship. And as I, as I just end here, I just want to remind you, our vision is not a great church. Our vision is gospel saturation of the Puget Sound. That's our vision. You can have a great church and never, ever reach a city. We want to reach a city. We want to see this place changed because of the, the, the presence of God's people here. We want to be owners who leave the place better than what we found it. Our mission in doing that is we, we really believe we need to call all of us to be disciples of Jesus who make disciples of Jesus in the everyday stuff of life. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are a disciple of Jesus. If you're a disciple of Jesus, you're called to make disciples of Jesus. We want to help you do that. And the way we want to do that is gather, go, give, grow. I know for some of you are going, I've heard all this, Jeff. I just don't want you to forget it. <laughs> gather regularly together. Go on mission in a community, missional community. Give of your time, talents, and treasures. And grow both in accountability through DNA, but also by being a disciple, making disciple yourself. Maybe you're going, I don't even know how to move forward on that. We'll step in and be an owner and we'll help you. The things that we're hoping for this year is we want to see, I just want to remind you again, please put this on your prayer list. We want to see 1,000 people gathering regularly here in this building. We want to see 40 new missional, 40 missional communities established in this next year. We want to see 232,000 given to church planning, and we want to see 75 people baptized. Gather 1,000 people. Go 40 missional communities. Give 232,000 to church planning. Grow 75 people baptized, and I hope, I hope you're in the water with them. That's what I really hope. I hope we have less elders baptizing because they just came to faith through a Sunday gathering and more of you baptizing because you were the ones who introduced them to Jesus. That's my hope. That's our hope. So what part will you own? What part will you say, that's, that's what God's called me to do? I can't tell you what that is, but I bet you the Spirit of God might be impressing something on your heart. If you have the Spirit, I bet he said something already. So I encourage you to take that seriously. Devote that to prayer. And like we started in the text, as you come to him, he will build you up. Please hear that. We won't do any of this. Jesus builds his church. Jesus does the work. Jesus changes your heart. Jesus gives you the power. Jesus is the one who must do it but you can give yourself to Jesus this year for the work he wants to do in you and the work he wants to do through you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the good news that we get to be a part of the greatest work in the, in the world, in the history of the world. And that is a work of transformation of hearts and minds and lives and families, neighborhoods, schools, cities, workplaces, Lord, we want to see you leave these places better because you were here with us and working through us. Help us to be your church. Lord, you probably have bigger dreams than we could come up with. I'm sure you do. But at least meet us where we can start. We pray that you will fulfill even greater things than we could ever dream up or imagine. We commit ourselves together to your work in this place and in this region. In Jesus' name, amen.